baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. It is, in fact, snowing, Michael Calhoun. I can see it. I am closer to the window. The snow came back. It stopped for a minute, and now it's back. Big old snowflakes. Look at us. We're having a great time. I know you're serious about how much you like snow, too, now. I mean, you said it yesterday, and I believed you because you're a trustworthy guy. But I know that you're serious about it because I'm not someone on these days who really spends a lot of time looking at the window. Now, you're facing the window, and I'm not, to be fair. Yeah. But still, I mean, you've this has been like fourth grade all over again. I mean, both times the snow has started, you have waved your hand, you've pointed at the window, maybe pumped a fist in the air. I mean, I'm excited. There's real excitement let there. me be. Let me be happy for once. There's, there's juice Nate in the Nate Gatter is in for Amy Marks Corps. I'm Chris Ranji. Hour two of the show, and it is time to go to the Quiver River Electric guest line again this morning. The legislative session for the state of Missouri begins on January 3rd. It'll run into about the middle of May. And to discuss what is on the agenda with us, it is the Chief Capital Bureau reporter at Fox 2. Emily Manley is with us on KMOX. Good morning, Emily. Good morning, Chris. I can admit that I'm just as excited about the snow as you are. Right? I am sitting at my kitchen counter here in Jefferson City just watching it. And then when it stops, I'm like, okay, is it going to start again? So I'm in the same boat as you are. (laughs) I am so excited. And finally, I feel like it's about two weeks late. Well, it's definitely three days late, but I will I'll take whatever we have now. Um, So January 3rd, it is a it's a big date um, for the Missouri legislature and is there anything on the on the agenda that you are really paying attention to? I mean, we see um, possibilities on sports betting being legalized, which we can get to. That's a that's been an ongoing fight. There's property tax stuff. Um, there is sales tax on groceries. There are all kinds of different issues that are on the agenda. Yeah, it's hard to believe. January third, a week from today, they will be back in Jefferson City here. And the start of the session will begin, hard to believe. But I should say, before we start and dig into all these different topics that could come up for debate and could make it to the governor's desk, first off, it's an election year, which is really going to, I believe, cause some chaos in the House and the Senate. Remember, you have Republicans running against each other. Not only that, but we have some pretty big races that are up for election next year. Governor, lieutenant governor, secretary of state. And they're all being uh, there's a whole bunch of Republicans, even a couple of Democrats that have put their name forth into these races. So not only will you have your normal debate, but I have a feeling there will be a lot of talking over one another. Let's start with sports betting, because it's been this thing that (laughs) I feel like a broken record as I interviewed a bunch of lawmakers for the upcoming session. I said, I feel like I ask you about this every year. Where do we even stand? And I have bad news for the people that are really hoping that it gets passed. Not only did I ask Senate leadership, I asked House leadership, Both of them say that they want to have the discussion this year, but nobody that I've talked to, whether it be Senate President Caleb Browden, House Speaker Dean Plocker, um, Majority Floor Leader in the House, um, John Patterson, none of them expect it to pass this session. Um, So it sounds like we're going to go through another session with it just being this large debate. 
as it's been for the past couple of years, but it doesn't sound like it's going to make it to the governor's desk. Now, of course, we do have that off chance of maybe the professional sports teams in Missouri, like the St. Louis Cardinals and the Chiefs, that are all part of this initiative petition that could put it on the ballot for Missourians to decide next year. But they're still in the process of getting that all put together. So I'm sorry for the sports betting fans. It sounds like nobody sounds optimistic that that will pass this year. Another, well, Hold on real, real quick on that one, Emily. Is that, is that still because of the same people that we've been talking about, Bill Eigel and Denny Hoskins, were really instrumental in holding that whole effort up earlier in the year? Is it just really about those two people? It is about those two people, but I want to say that there's a couple of more um, senators and republic excuse me, senators and representatives that also want to have the discussion about the video lottery terminals. I will say that Senator Denny Hoskins, who is also running for Secretary of State, that he has been a big proponent of not getting sports betting passed without video lottery terminals. And for those that might not know what that is, if you walk into a gas station in Missouri and you see those slot machines, those actually are not regulated in Missouri. They're called gray machines. He wants to make those regulated and allow those to be um, allowed across the state, no matter if they're in gas stations or maybe fraternal orders, um, organizations, either one. So that is going to be the big hurdle this year. There also has been some conversation where this is Senator Denny Hoskins last year. He does term out. So maybe it becomes a conversation next year and there's a better path in 2025 but for 2024 it does not look promising well meanwhile people will just continue to drive across the state give their money to illinois and kansas and whatever else and then come back in which is really really stupid but that's how we operate here uh what else is (laughs) going what else is going on emily let's talk about child care because this is a big big thing that i expect to hear from the governor next month he will give his state of the state address at the end of january and in that it lists his priorities and he has made it pretty clear that our state needs to do something about child care whether that be allow incentives for businesses maybe give them a tax deduction or tax cut if they offer child care to their employees because missouri is losing out roughly from the missouri chamber about 1.3 billion dollars a year because either parents can't find child care or two it's too expensive so instead of paying for child care they stay at home and watch their kid so it's something that we're hearing from republicans and and democrats along with the governor that our state needs to do something to get more child care providers and also maybe incentivize corporations and companies and businesses to allow for child care, whether it be on the campus of the job or even help parents find that, that daycare for their kids. So I think that that's going to be number one. Number two, something that we've talked about also for the past two years is initiative initiative petition change. i got to get used to saying that. I'm, I'm getting out of my Christmas vacation here. And um, let's talk about that. That is changes to how Missourians amend the Constitution. It's how medical marijuana, it's how recreational marijuana, it's how Medicaid expansion all were approved by voters. There are many Republicans that want to make it harder to change the Constitution. You also have to think that there's a very good chance that abortion could be on the ballot next year. So there is this push to make it harder to amend the Constitution at the same time when we have groups trying to push to get abortion on the ballot. Expect that to be a conversation as well. Something else that I want to talk about is crime 
and the St. Louis City Police Department. The reason I bring this up is you might remember last year there was this conversation about getting rid of Kim Gardner. Well, it ended up happening towards the end of session, and it had a lot to do with Senate President Caleb Browden and Senate Minority Leader John Rizzo. Both of her were in conversation. Both of them were in conversations with her about having her step down and resign. So now we're still having crime, though, in the city of St. Louis. It has reduced a little bit, but don't let that think that that doesn't mean that crime will still not be a big topic this year. Senate President Caleb Browden and also Dean Plocker, um, who is the Speaker in the House, both say that they're talking about who will have control over St. Louis City Police. They've given the chief over a year now, and even though crime has maybe reduced a little bit, it's still not where they want it to be, and they don't want St. Louis to have a bad rap. So they are looking at possibly taking control over the St. Louis City Police Department, and I think that could be a big conversation as well heading into this legislative session. They don't want St. Louis to have a bad rap. Well, it's too late for that. It's it's, <laughs> it's probably 20 years too late for that. Um, yeah, I'm, I, I'm still very interested to see what they end up doing there. I'm I'm not sure what the police department can do other than be larger, um, but I, even then, I don't think that really makes a big dent in the in the crime in the city. But whatever, um, that's that's completely different. Is, is there anything else that that you think is is hugely important? Maybe something that we something that we have not discussed or are not paying attention to. A lot of the stuff that you have brought up are kind of on the radar for a lot of people, but maybe not everything is. I got to talk about one big thing that, you know, it's a big thing out here in Jefferson City, but hopefully Missourians understand this year is something the, the Missouri legislature has to get something done this year that could impact billions of dollars for hospitals, nursing homes and Medicaid in Missouri. It's called the Federal Reimbursement Plan and the FRA. It is something that has to be done every two years in the state of Missouri. Actually, when it was done two years ago in 2021, Um, three years ago, excuse me, when it was done in 2021, it actually didn't get done in time. So we came back for a special session all of June. It was a mess. There were Senate Republicans that wanted to defund Planned Parenthood through the Medicaid program in Missouri. And after overnight debates, overnight debates for days and days, it finally came out that they did not put that in, and it had to be through a deal. Governor Mike Parson was livid that lawmakers were here for pretty much all of June to get this done. Well, guess what? It's time to renew this tax this year. And this is a tax that accounts for about um, almost $3 billion in Missouri's Medicaid program. And it comes, like I said, from hospitals, nursing homes, and pharmacies. And it's a tax that they, they have on them that allows us to pay for our Medicaid program. And it's going to happen during an election year. So everybody buckle their seatbelts because I expect it could be quite a ride to get this, this tax done. And uh, it's very confusing to understand actually what it is. It took me forever to understand it a couple years ago. But it's something that I expect is going to be a major, major issue and also hold up a lot of other legislation this session. Besides that, I want to add that education is also a big conversation this year. We're seeing a couple Republicans, um, Senator Bill Eigel, who's also running for governor, is one of them, that wants to get rid of the Department of Elementary and Secondary Education altogether, wants no oversight over the schools in Missouri because he believes that it's not doing schools any good. So there's going to be that conversation. I have a feeling not only that, but they want to allow open enrollment 
meaning that if you live maybe in Jefferson City, if you want to go to a school maybe an hour outside or even 30 minutes up in Columbia, you can go to school there. It doesn't matter about your zip code. I also expect that to be a big, big conversation this year. So it all comes back to, though, what actually happens because of the election. So it's going to be a wild ride and a crazy next five months. What is, and we are visiting with Emily Manley from Fox 2, is the chief Capitol Bureau reporter there. And um, we we had sort of been paying attention to the Dean Plocker situation and the ethics investigation. There was a, he- a hearing in the early part of December. Um, it, what's the latest on that? Is there another hearing scheduled anytime soon? As of right now, there is not one. And we're just waiting to see what happens. The The chairwoman of the committee told us right before Christmas they had a meeting, and she said that she didn't expect to have one until after the new year. Well, that means that they're going to be in session. So as of now, there hasn't been one posted yet. We're not even sure what's really next. Um, I've been told there's been rumors that there's a chance it could be dismissed. I've also been told that they're going to continue this process and issue their report. The thing about this that Missourians need to know is we don't, really know what's going on in this committee. They have the people that sit on the committee. It is made up of equal number of Republicans and Democrats. They are not allowed to speak to anyone, not only the press, but everyday Missourians. It's a confidential ethics committee. So it's all hearsay and rumors. And maybe every once in a while we might in the Capitol, you hear from somebody what they're saying. We believe it's about House Speaker Dean Plocker, but haven't officially seen the report yet, but that's what we're hearing. So I think, you know, there are many people, not only Missourians, but there are Republicans of his own party that are waiting for this report to come out before they make a decision if they say he needs to go or he needs to stay. And it all comes back to money that he had reimbursed him. He was reimbursed into his campaign account from paying for some trips. Now he says that those trips were used for work. But like I said, we're all waiting for this ethics report, and there's really no timeline of when it could come out. And it's even more interesting that we're starting session with an ethics against the House Speaker, who also is running for lieutenant governor. There was also something about uh, renovations to the office, correct? Yeah, that came out late last week. The Missouri Independent reported on that. And um, I have been told through uh, House Speaker Dean Plocker's office that he also didn't have really anything to do with that, that the renovations actually come from the commission, the Capitol Commission. So there's a whole bunch of hearsay in, in that report, not only from um, both sides, but also what people are saying inside the Capitol. So I think starting session with a lot of maybe allegations, accusations against House speak the House Speaker could also make for one of those very unique sessions, um, not only in election year, but with many things on the agenda. Tell you what, though, if it's true about that booze closet, that sounds pretty good. Having a having a nice, <laughs> have a nice uh, wet bar or whatever's going on in your office at work. That'd be great. Yeah, exactly. Especially in that building. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm sure you could probably use it, honestly. Oh, uh, yes, Emily Manley, enjoy the session. We will definitely be checking in with you as it as it uh, goes on. But I know you're getting ready for the season. Feels like the beginning of a, a football season. So uh, good luck to you. 
Exactly. No, thank you. And we'll be talking to you soon. Happy New Year to you both. Same to you. Emily Manley with Fox 2 covers uh, the Capitol uh, in Missouri. So we'll we'll see how it goes. It, it will be fun, I guess, if you want to call it fun. Speaking of fun, oh, my God, the snowflakes are so big. Oh, my God, it's beautiful out there. I've been waiting for this for two months, and now we finally have it. I was watching them it's get a, thicker is, and thicker, and I was thinking it's probably so hard for Chris to stay focused on the interview right now. It is a winter wonderland here in St. Louis, right out the window. That is Nate Gatter in for Amy. I'm Chris Ranji on KMOX. Nate Gatter is not nearly as excited about the snow as he should be. So, um... Emily Manley does a great job of covering the Capitol. A text message, a couple of text messages even agreeing with it. Emily is uh, is very, very good. So uh, this will be a, an interesting session, and I think people, I, I know me. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Um, For example, I'm one of these people. I just, I like politics. I enjoy it. Sometimes I appreciate how difficult it is to get things done and how working relationships lead to hopefully good outcomes. So I'm always fascinated by that. But, dude, there are times where just the straight politics of it. You know what I mean? Like it's politics, but then there's politics. And it's that that nothing can get done because people have their own agendas that don't necessarily help their constituents, but maybe um, somehow benefits them personally because of campaign contributions or lobbyists or what, you know, whatever it is, it just get to a point where it's, it's exhausting. The politics of politics sometimes is exhausting. And I feel like I'm there now. We haven't even gotten to 2024 yet. I think next year, in a lot of ways will be fascinating and there will be some interesting things that happen, but in a lot of ways it is also going to suck. Next year is going to suck, Nate. We're not even there yet. And you're already tired of 2024. I know. I know people are always talking about flipping the cow. Oh, I hope next year is a good year. Next year's a continuation of the year before. Yeah. I don't care. Maybe this is weird of me, but I literally don't care at all about a new year. About the calendar flipping over, it just it doesn't really it doesn't affect me. And you're not really wrong. You made a good point in the office that if you're going to do, and we're going to talk about this later, um, because this is New Year's resolution season. You should have a revolution too. Uh, (laughs) New Year's resolution season. You have to you have to decide how you're going to better yourself. So we will talk about that. But you made a good point. You know, shouldn't it be your birthday? Shouldn't your birthday be the time? that you make a resolution that, okay, I am now 35 years old. I mean, I'm not, but you might be. Now that I'm 35, I'm going to start doing this. I I also, I just feel like because your resolutions are mostly personal 
uh, with with a, a little bit of a caveat, they're mostly individual. It makes more sense to use a measurement of your individual time as opposed to a collective individual time. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, measuring your time on Earth, say, makes more sense. I mean, it would be bizarre. It, it feels to me like if instead of saying you're allowed to legally vote when you turn 18 or legally drink when you turn 21, we just take everybody who was born in 1985 and we say on, you know, New Year's Day of, what, 2006, you can all drink, right? Because now you've been out 21 years, whether you're actually 21 or not. So, I don't know. I don't care about the let's, calendar. Let, let's, let's get into resolutions uh, here when we come back. Let's find out what Nates are going to be, because he'll have one or two, right here on KMOX. It's Nate Gather in for Amy Marks Corps. I'm Chris Ranji on KMOX. We're about halfway through here. Hancock and Kelly are in at 1 o'clock. For the Dave Glover show, which is basically off for the rest of 2023. And uh, I'm going to sit in with them for an hour because I love them. They're nice people. To maintain order. Well, yeah. I mean, who? I mean, who's going to do it if I'm not? Right. So uh, it is New Year's resolution time. Remember how we talked about this a moment ago? Yes. And you don't do resolutions? Generally, no. You need to think about it. First of all, I want to hear from you. You're a fan? You're a fan of them? No. I want to hear from you. 314-436-7900. If you have an outlandish New Year's resolution, well, got to know what it is. You can also drop us a voicemail, too. 314-944-1120. Tell us what your ridiculous New Year's resolution is if you have one. But uh, I was thinking about this earlier. I don't really recall a time where I made one. Maybe when I was younger. Maybe when you were in say, school or something, and they did some sort of exercise with you and said, what are your New Year's resolutions going to be? And then you had to write about it. But as an adult, I don't make resolutions. I don't make them. But people do. And new polling shows, and this is according to Forbes Health, they have uh, done a survey of about a 1,000 people and asked them what their New Year's resolutions are going to be. What percentage of people do you think have a health New Year's resolution? A lot. It's got to be easily number one. It is number one, but of all the resolutions, it's half. Almost half. 48% of respondents say they need to improve fitness as their top priority. 36% say they need to focus on mental health. Last year, it was a little bit different. 45% of people last year said mental health was the top priority, and 39% said fitness. Now there's been a flip. Sounds like we had a good year in improving mental health. That was our top priority. We, we, then we had got a good fat. year, and now we're pivoting to physical fitness, and we're just going to keep flipping back and forth every year for the rest of time. It seems like, and and I don't know this for certain, but it seems like, People have been more on edge, I would say, in the last three years than maybe they were in the years leading up to it. The pandemic has a lot to do with Mm -hmm. it. Even if you weren't uh, personally affected in a really bad way by COVID, you know, you didn't have somebody who died from it. And I think I think all of us know at least somebody who got either severely sick, close to death or did actually die just the. Just that time period in 2020 and then going into 2021, there's a lot of anxiety. And you had people had a lot of time to themselves. There were kids that were out of school and families who were stuck together all the time. And so a lot of those stresses 
really exacerbated. Maybe we're coming off that a little bit. Well, maybe and maybe we're back. farther removed away from it. I mean, maybe this is getting a little too sweeping, but I think um, something that people have always talked about with America, especially when you compare the United States to Europe and what made the United States different from its creation or even before its its creation, even as a colon as 13 colonies, what made it different from Europe? It was in large part the degree to which uh, American individualism and the belief in the individual and the belief in individual freedom could have the accompanying downside of isolationism and and uh, decaying fabric, communal fabrics. People in the United States, as compared to Europe, live much farther apart from each other. Mm-hmm. They are much more the idea of land being a, a critical thing that you own and that, that no one else, including the government, has a right to. Therefore, the idea of property rights being paramount is is uh, not uniquely American, but is something that is um, that this country is probably known for more than most, if not all others. And you can go back. I mean, you can go back centuries. You can go back to to. Tocqueville writing Democracy in America and saying, I see so many things that I like here, but I worry about increasing isolationism in communities. And, you know, this is the 1830s he's writing this. I think that has become more and more true in this country and globally, but especially in this country with the, in some ways, decaying of some of our institutions, the acceleration of technology. And we were already getting into a place where if you wanted to, you could live a pretty isolated life. And then COVID happened, and that acceleration increased tenfold. Well, then you're forced to be. Now you don't have to run your errands. Almost anything can yeah. be delivered. Yeah. You know, there. If you don't want to leave your house, if you have the ability to work from home and make the money to sustain yourself without leaving your house, and you don't ever want to leave your house otherwise, it is not all that necessary. It is, you could probably get through your life rarely leaving your home if you wanted to, and there's nothing necessarily wrong with that if you, that's your individual choice. Yeah. But if a lot of people are doing that, there are, at least in some people's opinions, societal dangers, and those can take the form of decreased communal investment that people don't care as much about their neighbors and their and their localities and their cities and their states. It can also take the form of, whether you realize it or not, mental health impacts. So I, I think uh, that's – I remember thinking about that during COVID, and I think we've seen those effects play out. So – Improving fitness was the number one thing people said they wanted to do, 48%. Um, improving finances was, was 38%, which I I can imagine that's true of everybody all the time. I would like that to be broken down a little bit. Does that mean I want to make more money or I want to budget more effectively Probably or all of both? It. It, it's got to be all of it. So improving mental health, as I said, 36%. Um, losing weight was up there. Improving diet. Here's one that's lower on the list. Make more time for loved ones, 25%. So only one-fourth of people want to make more time for their loved ones. That means they've been stuck in a house with them and they don't want to do that anymore. 12% say they want to stop smoking. 12%. Does that mean people aren't smoking as much as they used to? Does that, that seems include like a really- vaping? That seems like a really high number if it's 12% of all respondents, because I would assume a minority of all respondents are smokers, period, right? What percentage of Americans are smokers? That's what I'm saying. I don't think people smoke as much as they used to. So uh, that would seem like a a reasonable number if it was 12% of smokers said they'd like to quit. But if 12% of all people said that, imagine, I don't know what the number is, but if you imagine 36%, let's say, for an easy number, are 
smokers. That would be one third of all smokers saying they want to quit. Maybe that's just something that smokers say generally. Like we all say we want to have better fitness and we just don't do it. I don't know. That seems like a high number. Nine percent want to learn a new skill. Hey, who needs more skills? How about hobbies? Seventy percent or seven seventy seven percent want to make more time for hobbies. Also want to improve work life balance. Six percent want to travel more. Everybody. Who doesn't want to travel? Yeah, more? some of these just seem silly to me. This is sort of why it's silly, I think, because it seems arbitrary and it seems like calling something a New Year's resolution is just it's it's like going on a really ambitious diet all of a sudden. It's it's setting yourself up to for failure to me. If you try to say on this date, I'm going to fundamentally change something about my lifestyle all at once and I'll never go back. Well, it's not going to stick. Human beings, we, we just, know it's not going to stick. Human beings are not built that way. But you know what, though? If you do it for a couple of months, it's better than nothing, I think. It is. But I so, think it's more effective if you do smaller, more gradual changes over a longer period of time that you have a better chance of sustaining. Only 5% of people want to meditate more. Yeah, I don't care about meditation, but good for them. I've heard it's great. 3% want to drink less alcohol. That number should probably be higher. <laughs> it, well, the number should be higher, but it is not. You tell people, hey, do you want to drink less? They go, no, no. All right. Now, how about this one? This is the, this is the lowest response. The fewest amount of people said this is what they want to get better at. 3% of people say they want to perform better at work. See, you know who's in that 3%? We talked about this yesterday. You and I are, because we were here putting on a a bunch of other great Odyssey St. Louis employees the day after Christmas. You know who's not in that 3%? Amy. That's right. Amy's not in that 3%. She's not worried about performing better at work. Nope. Why would you want to perform better at your job? Hey, let's take a call from uh, Jeffrey is with us on KMOX. Good morning, Jeffrey. Uh, good morning. Hi. My uh, resolution's a bit unusual, except for me, of course. I'm an amateur cartoonist, and I would like to get my cartoon series published. That is great. Oh, do you uh, do you want to tell us what it's about? Uh, well, it's just they call them gag cartoons, just one panel, and the series is called Drop as a Child. I like it. Fine. <laughs> And when I draw cartoons okay. and I show them to my wife, the humor involved, she looks at me and she gives me that look. I think like, I'd probably you like dropped them. as a child? Oh, oh okay. Because I, I, I was. That, I was literally dropped as a child twice when I was a baby. Is there anywhere, Jeffrey, that people can find them online right now? Or are these all just self-contained that you've only, only shown uh, your wife and maybe other relatives and, and friends? No, I'm going through my midlife crisis, and I figure doing this is cheaper than buying a Corvette. That's true. You know, this is funny, Chris. <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad you Jeffrey wanna, called. Yeah, you, you, uh, nobody wants to buy a Corvette. Nobody really wants to buy a Corvette. Uh, it's too much. It's too much work. I'm so thrilled that Jeffrey called because yeah. you know this is a funny thing. I'm realizing as he was talking, there's a quirk about me. I am not really into New Year's resolutions. I am into, as a concept, not that I've gotten there yet, but I, as a concept, I am into a midlife crisis um, because it, it feels like uh, a correction maybe at a, at a crucial point or, or uh, people reckoning with, am I really doing what I want to be doing? And maybe yeah. for some people, the new year is that every year. And so maybe I've been short shrifting New Year's resolutions in that regard. Uh, what that sounds like to me, what Jeffrey said, 
rather than being a resolution of something I'm going to change about myself, he's already a cartoonist, amateur cartoonist. He already likes doing it. He's already been practicing it. It feels more like a goal, and I am a big goal setter and a big goal chaser, and I think ambition and and that sort of thing, something to chase, is very, very important. So I'll tell you I'm what, a big my, fan of my goal, I'm, my resolution, I'm going to be a storm chaser. That's not going to happen. This text message says, here's my resolution, drink more water, okay. no high fructose corn syrup, and avoid the Chris and Amy show after December 1st to save my Whamageddon. Look, it's not my fault. It's not our fault that you lost Whamageddon. You want to know something crazy about Whamageddon? Do we need to explain? I'm going to explain Whamageddon one more time for people who didn't listen yesterday. Whamageddon is a thing that I just learned about last week where there's a contest people have uh, amongst friends where they try to avoid hearing last Christmas. Before December 25th. So for that month of December, the last person who can get by without having heard a second of last Christmas wins the contest. And it's all on the honor system. You know, kind of like master of, of your domain. It's it's all on the honor system. You have to, re, you have to self-report. And we ruined it for a number of people. Here's what I can guarantee you. Next year in December, we promise we will not play last Christmas Christmas. Probably. So I'm a little bit surprised you hadn't heard about it before because apparently on, um, uh, you know, when, when DJs playing Christmas mu- on stations that play Christmas music all the time in December, they'll give warnings yeah. when, when last Christmas is coming. So you can hopefully change the station if you're a if you're somebody who lives on the edge, which is plays Whamageddon, but also listens to significant amount of Christmas music on the radio during December, because that is that's thrill seeking right there. You never know what might be coming around the you corner. You can't listen to anything. Yeah. You got to be careful. Uh, so uh, what what kind of blew my mind, this was a weird experience. Last night, I'm at dinner with my family's all in town. I'm at dinner with my parents and my brother and sister. None of the three kids all in our 20s had ever heard of Whamageddon, except for me. I had learned about it yesterday during our show. But none of the three kids had ever heard of Whamageddon. Both of my parents had heard of it. Really? And I was like, huh. because apparently, you know, one of them, my, my mom listens to a lot of Christmas music. And my dad said NPR did a story about it. So, so that's how he heard it. And I was thinking, how often could you have three kids in their 20s, two parents in the neighborhood of 60, something and a phenomenon that has been invented in 2010 and popularized in only the last 10 years, the parents would know and none of the kids would have heard of it. That's, that is an unusual phenomenon. That's so really interesting. That just kind of, that kind of shocked me. Also, I'm being told by Krabby Rod, who texts into the show, 314-436-7900. I, I hope he's joking. Does he sign his text, Krabby jo- Rod, or do you yeah, just recognize this is Krabby his Rod. Okay. This is, um, I swear I hope this is a joke. He says the bread, milk, and egg shelves are empty at the Telegraph Road schnooks. Folks, listen. Okay. <laughs> Don't uh, do before, it, Rod. Before, what, did before, you, what did you say at the beginning of the show? Don't, do not underestimate a snowstorm. Don't downplay it. You're well, going to do okay, it right I'm now. about to downplay it. We're, we're not getting a you need to stock up on bread, milk, and egg snowstorm. You don't have to do that. That's not what's happening. Chris Ranji's snow. There's going to be some slush. Mm. There's going to be a little bit of precipitation on the ground. This is not an actual Armageddon. And what you, you just heard. You don't have to stock up. Don't have to get all the toilet paper either. It's not going to be warm enough, or it's not going to be cold enough to stick on the ground so you can't leave your house for the next five days. You'll be okay. Do not take all the bread, milk, and eggs. All right? 
What you just heard was Chris wow. Ranji's going advice back on my word, lasting about one hundred minutes. That's right. I I went back on my word. Not because even two is, hours until you violated your own advice. But it's not New Year's yet, so you could make that your New Year's resolution to not, not do it next year. We, we're going to have some snow. We're have a, we have a, none of it is stuck. Look on the look on the roads. We've had all this snow for about forty five minutes. Nothing is on the this ground. This is significant downplaying. Significant downplaying is happening. You don't need to stock up for an apocalypse, but you we're do. Not, Need to take a commercial break, Raj. On KMOX. Nate Gatter hanging out with me. He's in for Amy Marks Cores. I'm Chris Ranji, uh, a texter to the show. It is 37 degrees with snow and rain. I'm going 70 miles an hour. I think it's okay. No, you're not supposed to drive in text. No. No. We're, I also, doing, every, we're doing everything wrong. I want to be clear also that I think when you pretty severely downplayed this storm... Uh, less than two hours after saying you should never do that uh, on the radio, you meant you're not going to end up locked in your house for days, so you don't need to stock up on bread, milk, and eggs. You didn't mean no caution is necessary at all on the roads. You didn't mean yeah. that the road that driving conditions are ideal because I think we've seen uh, and the snow's picking up a little bit again outside our window. I think we've seen enough to suggest that the roads are probably somewhat affected. So I think even you, well, Raj, wet. I think even you, Raj, would, would uh, you would advise some caution on the roads. Well, probably going course. seventy and texting is not ideal. Of course, you don't want to go seventy and and text, but right. it is kind of thirty-seven degrees, and it's it's above freezing on the ground, so the snow is not sticking and it's not ice. Now it could get cold overnight. To the point where you've got to be careful because it might freeze up a little bit. But I don't think we're getting down that far. I think the lowest will be something like 36, maybe 35. Doesn't freeze at 35. Tomorrow, same sort of thing. Uh, the day after that, same sort of thing. Yeah, we're going to be okay. But you don't have to buy all the bread, egg and eggs, and milk. What are we doing? This happens all the time. Um, anyway, we love your text messages. Uh, 314-436-7900. Do you see this thing about Aaron Rodgers? Uh-oh. I know you love Aaron Rodgers, but um, people are upset with him, rightfully so, because he's a he's a doofus. Um, but he is he's got the ankle injury. He had the Achilles injury at the very beginning of the season, and when you have that, you're out for the entire year. Well, for weeks, he has been alluding to the fact that he might come back early that he's doing all this alternative stuff to get his body ready to go because he believes in alternative medicine and fine. If that's what you do, fine. But you can't make an Achilles heal faster. So whatever. But he's been talking like, hey, I could be back quickly. And I might be back before the season is over. And in order to make room for him on the roster, they had to let go of another guy. And they did make this call about a week and a half ago. So there was a guy who was on the fringe who lost his spot because Aaron Rodgers wanted to be on the practice field and take a roster space. So people are upset with him for that, thinking he did it, and he denies that it was his call. I don't believe him, but he denies that it is his call. He said it was the team. He said he told the team he wanted to go on injured reserve, which means he's done, 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 and can't. So people are are, are pissed because, well... He took a spot from a guy who was making a little bit of money. Aaron Rodgers has guaranteed money, so he's going to get paid. Now this poor guy is not going to get paid. That guy, by the way, will get paid. It's not a ton of money, but um, he's going to get paid for the remainder of the year. But in complaining about this, he made the comment that, 
I he I don't want reporters talking about me unless they reveal their vaccination status first. This was on the Pat McAfee show uh, yesterday. Now, if you know Aaron Rodgers at all, you know that he will not let go of vaccines. He will not stop talking about vaccines. He's constantly throwing digs at vaccines during his appearances on the McAfee show. What I don't understand is why is he still talking about it? COVID vaccines are not a topic of mainstream conversation any longer. In fact, I don't hear anybody talk about them, and I think you should get your booster to be safe. You should do that. It's good for you, good for the people around you. I think it's a good idea. You don't have to, but I think you should. Nobody is telling you that you absolutely better get this done. Why is he constantly bringing up old stuff? Why is he bringing up old news? Nobody is telling him anymore that he absolutely has to get this done or he's a bad citizen. He keeps bringing it up. And he must know. He keeps making an issue of it. He must know that these things are mounting enough that people generally, even those who might agree with him on his vaccine skepticism, are starting to think that he's coming off a little bit like a clown. Right. I mean, oh, these he's, things, he's always been a clown, but now he's he's even it's starting to really get going. I mean, this the whole, you know, we're all looking around for the guy who did this Tim Robinson meme. That's Aaron Rodgers now as he talks about how, oh, well, you know, I'm, I it wouldn't be possible for me to be able to come back. That's not realistic to come back and play this season after tearing your Achilles. I wonder who started that rumor, Aaron. It was him. He started a rumor he's, so he's that he the, could debunk it himself to keep himself master, on the McAfee he show. He is the master of why is everybody always talking about me after throwing out something knowing everybody's going to talk about him. He Useless. is the absolute worst. Hate that guy. Nate Gatter, Chris Ranji on KMOX. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 